Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Having come now to the conclusion of Paul's 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians, we have discovered that he deals with sins that he has found among the members of the Corinthian church that he places into two different categories. In verse 20, sins that indicate impaired spiritual health and need to be removed. They need to be confessed, acknowledged, forsaken, and not practiced anymore. They are serious. They're not respectable sins as far as God is concerned. They are serious matters that are a hindrance to your spiritual health and to the testimony of Christ in the world. But they aren't as serious as the shorter list of things that are mentioned in verse 21, which, if they continue to be practiced, are an indicator that those who practice them are probably not true Christians at all. They are very, 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 very serious and grievous sins. And the ones in the first category are contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. Get those out of your life and out of your church, said Paul, or else when I come, I'll have to deal with them and it won't be a very pleasant visit. I'm not going to ignore them. I'm not going to say, well, that's just the way things are. That's just human nature. These things go on among all people, even Christians. These things uh, do go on in all churches, and we just have to accept that. Paul says, nope, I don't accept that. These need to be rooted out, and I will deal with them when I come, if you haven't already dealt with them before I get there. But I'm also afraid that some of you have not repented of, and now he mentions, uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness. And if those are present, he said, I'm going to be humbled because I'm finding things among you that make it look like your profession of faith and my report of your profession of faith has turned out to be a false report, that you haven't really been saved at all. Because I'm going to have to mourn for you like somebody who's dead. That's exactly what he says in verse 21. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many. Mourn for many, a term that is used for mourning for the dead. Mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. The first list of sins should be considered serious, not trivial. They must be dealt with. But this second shorter list of sins is serious, 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 and may indicate that the people who are practicing these things are not truly saved at all. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, November 24. 
Thank you for your financial help to keep us teaching God's Word on this station. All right. Well, Paul will be humbled if he sees people that are his converts in immorality. I remember a remark, and I don't remember who it was supposed to have been said by. I think it was Charles Spurgeon, who was out on the streets of London one day, and a drunk man stumbled up to him with slurred speech and said, Mr. Spurgeon, I'm one of your converts. And Spurgeon said, well, evidently you're one of my converts, but certainly not God's. Why? Because drunkenness is something that salvation frees people from. You can be saved out of drunkenness, but you cannot be saved and persist in drunkenness. It must be removed and will be removed if you're truly saved. And immorality is in the same category. Let me read one passage that indicates that. For example, in Galatians 5, 19-21, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. You hear any of the same words here that you read in 2 Corinthians 12, 21? For when I come again, my God will humble me among you and will mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. Well, there you find it in the lists of the flesh in Galatians 5, 16. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things which you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And then this of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you disagree with that, you're disagreeing with Scripture. You're disagreeing with the Holy Spirit of God. You're disagreeing with God Almighty. Well, 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 I believed in Jesus. I can practice these things and still go to heaven. No. If you have believed in Jesus savingly, you have been born again, then the Holy Spirit of God will not let you continue to practice such things. You may wrestle with them, you may fight against them, but you will never be able to live comfortably with them and say, well, I know that's a weakness of mine, and I do continue to do it, but I'm still going to heaven. No, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what God's Word tells us. Oh, yes. We find another, another um, text in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Same language. Who will not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous. Well, what do you mean by that? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor, listen to me, homosexuals, nor Sodomites, listen to me in this modern age where this is being so viciously attacked. 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. But such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah, the church at Corinth is is filled with people who used to practice such things, but no longer, because you have been washed, because you have been cleansed, because you have been sanctified, and you are therefore no longer practicing these things that you used to. But Paul says, if I come to you now in 2 Corinthians 12, 21, and find some of you still unrepentant, still practicing these things, still justifying them, excusing them, or probably practicing them in secret, hiding them, I'm going to mourn for you because I'm going to conclude that you are spiritually dead. What he says in 2 Corinthians 12 is in perfect harmony with what is said in the passages I just read in Galatians and again in 1 Corinthians. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before. He doesn't make clear there whether he means before you were saved or after and have dealt with it, but it probably is a reference to the way you have sinned before you professed your faith in Christ, have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. You said you did repent of it. You said you did put it behind you. You said you have been freed from this bondage, but you're still involved in uncleanness. That's a rather general term that involves sexual immorality of all kinds. And fornication, That's he's really giving us three different words that all deal in the same category. Fornication, that's in our language today, that's the word that is used for sex outside of marriage that is still um, immoral because it's not within marriage, but we make a difference between adultery, which is a married person cheating on their spouse in sexual co- conduct with another person, or fornication, which would be premarital sex or somebody who's not married, but the biblical term is a bigger term than that. It involves any and all expressions of sexual activity that do not take place within marriage. Marriage, we're told in the New Testament, is honorable in all things, including sexual activity. And the marriage bed undefiled, the marriage bed is not defiled by sexual activity, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Beds which commit, upon which are committed fornication and adultery are defiled, and those who commit those things will be judged by God. And according to the texts I read in Galatians and 1 Corinthians, those who continue to commit such things and will not leave them alone, will, will not put them behind them, repent, repent of them, acknowledge them, and forsake them with the help of the Spirit of God, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Greg Barkman says. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Holy Spirit of God says. That's what the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, says. That's what one of the apostles of Christ, Paul, who represents the Lord Jesus Christ in these things, says. 
That's what God Almighty says. If I'm talking to somebody now and you are involved in ongoing adultery, ongoing fornication, ongoing uncleanness, ongoing lewdness of whatever kind it may be in these areas of sexual activity that does not involve your marriage partner, then it is highly questionable that you have truly been born again. And if you have been, you will take this rebuke to heart. You will acknowledge your sin, confess your sin, ask God to pardon you, ask God to free you, and you will do everything within your power to commit those sins no more. And I don't see any reason why you should have to commit them. Now, you may have to go to someone you've been involved with and just tell them, I'm done. I'm done. I will not. I cannot. I must not continue. I ask your forgiveness. I should not have practiced these sins with you. I have not only sinned against God, but I've sinned against you by by giving you the opportunity to sin in this way with me. I repent. I I change. I break this off. I break off this illicit relationship because I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he commands me to do this, to to break it off and to live in sexual purity. And I, I cannot continue. I value my eternal soul more than I value this sinful activity. And therefore, I acknowledge it and repent of it and forsake it. That's the right and only safe position for someone who professes to be a Christian. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace. Amen.